Amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. I don't know about you, I got faked out by um, Justin this morning. The end of the second song, he started praying. I went, oh no, it, it's almost time to preach. And I like ran around and was getting ready. And a little stressed. And then I was like, oh, okay. We're just praying a lot for the service. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to talk to God. It's a, it's a good thing to talk at, to God at church. Right? Like of all places, it's a good time to pray. But I'm glad to be here, this, you guys, this morning. And if you didn't hear rumor, I got vacation last week, so I didn't get to be here in person to hear Grant's sermon, but when I watched it online, it was amazing. If you missed it, you should go back and watch it on the YouTube channel. It's worth it. And this morning, we're jumping into week two of our series, Living in the Future, a study in the Gospel of Mark. And it's an interesting series, the Gospel of Mark. There's actually four Gospels. Oh, I forgot. Kids, you don't have to listen to me talk this whole time. If you are age four to grade six, you can head downstairs for our kids program. It'll be great. It'll be a lot more fun than listening to me talk. So if you want, if you're a little bit older than a kid and you don't want, you want to do the kids program instead, we can sign you up to volunteer. Don't worry. It's on the website now. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, yeah. So the Gospels. We're studying the Gospel of Mark. There's actually four Gospels. There are four different books written by four different authors that are all in the Bible, and they're four different accounts, four different recordings of Christ's birth, life, death, resurrection, back to life. When, God, when Christ came as being fully human, fully God, and living on earth for 33 years, about 2,000 years ago. And in the Gospel of Mark... We get to see the story of Jesus, and we get to see how he had some close friends, some people he called, and he said, I want you to be a follower of me. I want you to learn what I teach, but also learn how I live. And they said, I'm in. I want to do that. And so in our series, Living the Future, we're focusing on the experience of his closest followers, his closest friends, who are called disciples. And this morning's message is called Yours, Mine, or Ours. We're looking at the future, and we're looking at, are we focused on your future, my future, or our future? Let's pray together before I jump in. God, it's so good to get to look at the Bible and read these passages that were written thousands of years ago by someone in a different time and a different place, but telling the story of who you are who you created us to be and how you want to have a relationship with us and what you create us to do with our lives and what the future that you're calling us into. And I'm excited for that. I hope that this morning would just bring alive something in our soul, something in our heart that maybe has fallen asleep or maybe has never really come alive before and that we'd be more excited about what you are doing and what you will do and the place that we get to have in that. In your name, amen. So as preparing the message, an image came to mind. It was around driving. I learned something recently about driving. Um, there's, there's conflicts in marriages and relationships. One of the most like, no, hard to resolve, like just basically impossible to resolve conflicts in relationships is driving style. Like one of the most common and more or less impossible to resolve thing is it doesn't matter how good of a driver 
your boyfriend or your girlfriend, your husband or your wife is, it's very common for you to be like, I, but my style is the right style and their style is the wrong style, right? And you see that. And I was thinking about driving styles and this image came to mind of driving styles. And I'm not comparing Morgan's driving style to my driving style because I'm not going to stand up here and judge her driving style in public. I just do it in private and it causes problems. Trust me, she's a great driver, but, but, but. When it comes to driving, there are two different kind of mindsets that you see. There's the people that go, I don't really know how cars work. I don't really get the ins and outs of it. But if I follow all the directions, I follow all the rules, then I can safely get from where I am to where I need to go. And so they work really hard to learn all the rules, all the steps, all the processes. And you put them in a different car, and instead of turning the key, you have to push a button, and it kind of breaks them for a week. But they figure it out. And they have this set of rules, and they can be really good drivers. They can get where they need to go really consistently. And they're kind of in this, like, but they drive a little bit in fear. There's some fear in their driving, and they're kind of in this protection mindset of, I just need to get where I'm going safely, and so I just follow the rules. And I'm scared that if I break any of the rules, something terrible could happen. I don't know what, but I don't want to ever find out. On the other side of things, there's those people that understand cars. They know how much horsepower their car has, the torque it has, what RPM it hits torque, what RPM it hits the horsepower. They understand if it's front-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, and if it's all-wheel drive, what all-wheel drive system, because that makes a big difference if you didn't know, what tires they have on their car. They understand it. They know their car. And when they go to drive, probably getting to where they're going is near the bottom of the list of their priorities. They go to drive to create an experience. Right? And the two driving styles, sometimes you don't even really notice the difference between them when everything's going well, but then it snows. You ever seen it snow? And the person that has the rules of this is how I drive, maybe they have a rule of I just don't drive if it snows. If it snows, I just stay home. I worked with somebody that they lived like two blocks from work and it was dead flat. And if, there were, if it had snowed the previous day, even if it had melted, they're like, no, it snowed. I'm, st I'm stuck at home. I can't be at work. And you're like, okay, okay. But if that person, the protection mindset of the I just follow the rules mindset goes and drives in the snow, sometimes they'll tell you a story about I was following all the rules. I was doing exactly how you're supposed to do. But then my car just slid into the ditch. I don't know what happened. It just did it to me. And they, they're like, it just happened to me. I just received the experience of going into the ditch. And, you, and then the person who knows cars and knows what's going on is like, no, a car doesn't just slide into the ditch by itself. You didn't know what you were doing. You're doing it all wrong. And it's funny because like, I like to think that I'm like one of those people that really knows cars. I'm not that great. But I learned that there's people that can create more in the snow than you could ever imagine. So let's watch a video of that right now. Let's see if it comes up. Okay, wait. He's on like a carousel doing 
sliding around. Not hitting fire in the middle. Like I thought I was a good driver until I saw this and then. I want to test this out in the church parking lot next winter. I have a Subaru, he has a Subaru, like it'll work out. Actually, that was a focus. I don't have his car. I can't do it. But you see this mindset in life. There's those that follow the rules and they just want to protect the outcome. That's all they're focused on is protecting the outcome. And they follow all the rules. They follow the directions to protect the outcome. And then there's those that are like, no, I know this. And so I just do it and it just happens. And I create something amazing. And you see that happen with other things too. It's not just driving, there's cooking. Like my wife, Morgan, goes in the kitchen to cook and she doesn't look at a recipe. She's just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to make food. And next thing you know, she makes this amazing dish. And I'm like, okay, how do I make that? Like, and she's like, oh yeah, I just put, grabbed some ingredients and I threw some spices on it. I'm like, what spices? And so she's, and she's like, oh, like the right spices. I'm like, but what are the right spices? I get her to tell me the individual spices, like garlic, paprika, whatever it is, this list of spices, and it's like 10. And I'm like, how much of each of the spices? And she's like, the right amount. I'm like, what's the right amount? And she's like, it's just the right amount. And I've, I'm like, there's a few things I can cook that way, but normally if I go in the kitchen to cook, I'm going in like, okay, I'm doing something. I need to look up a recipe. If we don't have a single ingredient in this recipe, I'm just not making it. I don't know how to substitute. I don't know what's going to happen. Or worst case, I make bread with like yeast in it and you have to like knead it and there's certain time frames. I'm like, I let it rise five minutes too long. I don't know how to fix this. I guess I'm just tossing out the dough and starting over. Because I'm in this protection, follow the rules, protect the outcome mindset. And I don't know what I'm doing really beyond just following the rules. And some of us, all of us actually live our lives in these types of mindsets. Some of us live our lives focused on protecting the outcome. You live your life focused on protecting your future. And you're like, I just want my future to turn out right. So I'm just gonna follow the rules to make sure that my future comes, turns out the way I want it to. And then other people live their lives going, I want to create my future. I'm going to take control and create my future. And they start to take control and try to shape it. And then there's a, there's a third category. There's the people that rather than protecting their future mindset or creating their future mindset, being like, I'm going to create my future, they go, I'm going to create our future. And we all live our lives in one of these mindsets. And in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, as Jesus calls a guy by the name of Levi and says, Levi, become a follower of me. Learn from me. Live life like me. We see these mindsets at play and what that means in the spiritual world. So in Mark chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, we come across Jesus. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and he taught the crowds that were coming to him. And then as he walked along... He's not, this isn't at the crowd. Levi isn't with the crowd. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. How many of you guys have seen a CRA booth in town? Okay, so this was written at a different time, different place, different culture. 
there's a lot of parallels to our culture, but it was a little bit different situation because I was like, okay, what's up with a tax booth? And it turned out that Levi's job was to te- collect taxes for the Roman government. And he wasn't collecting income tax. He was collecting like tolls. And like, you remember when we built a bridge that we couldn't afford and so we put up a toll booth to pay for it? I don't know if you, it seems to be how we do bridges around here. And same idea of, okay, he sits there, he collects tolls. But if you go to a toll booth, normally there's a sign saying, this is how much it's going to cost. Or if you're paying import, you come across the border, there's a set of rules of how much you have to pay for what you're bringing in from the U.S. But in this time and place, tax collectors were known for just saying, you pay the amount I tell you to pay. Don't ask questions. Because you knew that there was an amount that was going to go to the government and there was an amount that was going to go in their back pocket. What was also interesting was, so Levi's collecting taxes, he's collecting duties, tolls, stuff like this, for the Roman government, but he's not Roman. He was actually Jewish. The Jewish country, the Jewish nation had been conquered by the Roman country. And so now they were being oppressed by the Roman government. And so he had turned on his friends and his family and his neighbors and said, I'm going to actually work for the government that's oppressing us so that I can take advantage of you and not only work for them, but also steal from you while I'm at it. So he's made some pretty interesting life choices and pretty interesting career choice. So as Jesus walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. And he said, follow me and be my disciple. I'm guessing it was a longer conversation, but there's a lot of conversations in the Bible that if we put all the conversation in, our Bible would be way bigger than it already is. But he for sure said, follow me and be my disciple. So Levi got up, he took off the uniform, walked off the job, and became a follower of Jesus. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciple, why does he eat with such scum? Okay, so we got some drama going on now. There's some tension going on. And it's kind of funny. So Levi invites Jesus to come and eat with himself and other people who became tax collectors and sinners. And the funny thing about the term sinner, a sinner is just a term to say someone who has done something that hurts themselves or others. Somebody that brings, that's brought harm. And whether we, it's intentional or not, every single human at some point, we do harm to ourselves or others, right? So we're sinful. So all of us in this room are sinners. So why are, and the religious leaders, the religious teachers are sinners. So why are they saying, oh, tax collectors and sinners? Because it was a societal label. It was people who had become known and defined by hurting others, taking advantage of others. And you're like, why does Levi invite those people over? Well, who's going to be friends with him after he's chosen to turn on his friends and his family and his neighbors and take advantage of them and steal from them? Who else is going to be friends with him? Other people who have chosen a life of taking advantage of others and hurting others. So the religious leaders are like, why are you eating with them? And Jesus heard this. He told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come 
to call not those who think they are righteous, not those who think they have a right relationship with God and never hurt others, but those who know they are sinners, those who are aware of what's gone wrong in their life, those who are aware of the brokenness in their life. I said that we would see the three mindsets of the future in this. People living in three different mindsets. And it's kind of easy to identify who's trying to protect their future. Those that are like, I follow all the rules, I follow all the steps to make sure that someday when I die, I have a spiritual retirement plan. Oh, those are the religious teachers. Those are the pastors, the good church people that go to church every Sunday. We follow the steps and we make sure that we go to heaven someday, right? And, and these religious leaders are like, oh, we don't want to accidentally break a rule and jeopardize our future by accidentally eating with somebody who's, not, who's more of a sinner than I am or known for their sin, right? And they're just focused on protecting their future and following the rules. And they're living a life locked into that. And Jesus just kind of was like a snowstorm and broke the system for them. And they're like, what do we do with this? And then we see Levi. And Levi had chosen to take control of his future. He said, I want to take control of my future. I don't want to just live the future laid out in front of me, being born into a nation that's being oppressed by another nation, knowing that there's going to be a limit to how far I can go in life because I'm not Roman, I'm Jewish. So I'm going to turn on my friends and my family and my neighbors, and I'm going to work for the Roman government, and I'm going to take advantage of my friends, my families, and my neighbors. I'm going to steal from people so that I can have money and power and control and control my future. So Levi was living a life of taking control of his future. He said, my future is in my hands and I'm going to make of it what I can. But then Jesus walks up to him and has a conversation that leads Levi to walk off the job. He's already turned on his friends and his family. Levi, for this job, he's given up so much for this job. Why is he walking away from a job that cost him so much that he's getting the payout from? Why is he walking away from that? I believe it's because Jesus came and offered him a different future. Because all throughout the, the Bible before this, there are promises that God was going to bring a future that was this fine by undoing all the damage that sin had done. That God was going to make right what had gone wrong with humanity's relationship with God. That God was going to make right what had gone wrong with our relationship with each other, our relationships with ourselves. That every tear was going to be wiped away. That we were going to live in a future where we were back with God. At the beginning of the Bible, it starts in the Garden of Eden, where the first humans went for morning walks every day with God, and they did good work. They didn't have blackberries and thorns and misery in their work. They just got the joy of good work. You know, when you get done with a day of good work, and you're like, man, that was just some good work got done. That was every day. And a day where you go through and you spend a whole day with your family having a great vacation day, and you don't have a single fight. You just had a good day with them. And God paints this picture saying, this is what humanity's meant for. And I want to bring you back to that. And I'm going to bring you back to that if you want to be a part of it. And there have been prophets that come and said, someday you'll get there. Someday this will happen. But then Jesus didn't come like a normal prophet. Jesus came and said, I'm bringing that future right now. I'm going to bring it to completion in the future. 
later, but I'm going to start bringing that future right now. I'm going to start bringing that healing right now. I'm going to start bringing that good work and those right relationships and that healing right now. And practically, he was known not just for his teaching and what he said about the future, but he was known for what he did in the moment. There you go, and he'd have a conversation with somebody, and he'd bring healing through that conversation with them in relationship. But he'd also literally do miracles and heal what sin and brokenness had made go wrong in humanity. He started to make it right. And so when he shows up to Levi and says, come follow me, he said, you've taken control of your future. You're focused, and you're going, I've got control of my future. But I'm bringing a different future. I'm bringing God's future right now. Do you want to be a part of that? That's why Levi took off the hat and walked off the job. Because he said, I want to be part of creating our future. And what's funny to me is you go, oh man, that must have been so amazing for Levi. He must have been like, this is the best thing for me. But that's not what he did. He didn't just go, I'm going to, this is my future now. He said, this is going to be our future. The next thing that's described is that Levi had all of his friends over for dinner with Jesus and said, guys, you guys need to hear about this. You need to be a part of this. I want to give this future to you too. It's interesting because there's different, I said there's four gospels that record Jesus' time on earth. And three of them record this conversation, this moment of Jesus saying, hey, Levi, you want to be part of my future. You want to be part of our future that I'm creating. But in the book of Matthew, it says something really interesting. It includes a little bit more of the conversation because after the religious teachers are like, Jesus, what are you doing eating with these sinners? Jesus then added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. Like you're religious teachers. You should know the Bible, right? I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. And what Jesus was saying was, look at what I spoke, what God spoke through the prophet Hosea a few hundred years before this. Because in the book of Hosea, a few hundred years before, was written, it was written to the Jewish people as they followed God. Well, they thought about following God. They had an interesting experience of following God. In Hosea 6, verse 6, the prophet says, God wants you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. At that time, the religious system, the religious rules weren't show up to church on Sunday, give this much to the giving. It was give these sacrifices, do these offerings. And God was looking at him and saying, you're following the rules, but you're not actually creating the future that I've called you to create. You're following the rules for yourself to try to protect your future so you have a spiritual retirement plan, but you're not living with me right now. You don't know me. He's saying, I, like, the sacrifices, the offerings, that's going to come. The following the rules is going to naturally come if you know me. You're naturally going to follow them because they're good ideas, but that's not what I care about. What I care about is that you know me and you show mercy. You show love. And when Jesus came to earth, he started to show that. He said, I don't, I'm not stressed about whether it looks like I'm eating with the right people or not. I'm stressed about, are we showing mercy and love in our daily life every day? 
because that's how God starts to create the future that he has for us. So where are you at in your life? What mindset are you living in? Are you living in the mindset of, I'm just going to do the rules, the processes, everything that I'm supposed to do? Is it like when you are planning for your retirement here on earth where you call up your financial advisor and you say, okay, how much per month do I need to save for retirement? Okay, what accounts do I need to put it in? Okay, I'll just do that. And you just check it off. Is that how you're living your life? That you're just doing the spiritual things you need to do to protect your future and have a retirement plan for you? That when you die, you know what your spiritual future is? Is that all you're doing? Are you just in a protection mindset? Or do you decide to create your future and go, I'm going to take control of my future and create it for me. And so I'm going to do what I think is best to create my future. And maybe that's working for you, but maybe along the way as you're creating your future, you're realizing that there's things that come up that go wrong that you can't fix yourself. That as much as you might be having success, you also have some broken relationships that you can't fix as much as you try. As much as you have success, you still don't know what your future after your time on this earth is going to look like. And you're a little worried about that if you think about it too long. And you go, I can control my life on earth, but I can't control my future after this earth. Or are you in a place, are you in a mindset of saying, God, I want to create your future. I want to be part of creating your future. I don't want to just look at Jesus and go, oh, that's great that what Jesus did. I, you say, I want to be a part of what Jesus is doing. I want to be bringing healing to this earth right now. When I look at the future of this earth, when I look at the news and know that the, it's going to be similar news next month and next year and 10 years from now and 100 years from now, and I want to change that, but I know I can't change that on my own. But that God wants to be present and start bringing his ways, his future to earth right now. He's going to complete it in the future, but he's going to start it right now, and I want to be a part of that. Is that your mindset? It's interesting I had a story of one of my friends come to mind as I was looking at this message. I had a friend who was born in another country. And in that country, there was a class system. There's basically six classes. And if you're in class six, you've got a good life. If you're in class zero, you are off the bottom of the chart for your future. And he was born into one of the lowest classes. And so he was born knowing what his future was going to be and that it was not going to be good. And he and his family decided to work twice as hard as anyone around them. They worked incredibly hard. They started to get education. And they started to be able to, and they managed to actually take control of their future and say, my future is going to be different. And his future did start to be different. He started to be able to work in a field that somebody in the class he was born in wouldn't be allowed to work in. But he managed to actually move up in the class system so he could work in, at a higher level and make more money and live in a better neighborhood. And he took control of his future. And he had so much success at that that he had the opportunity to move to Canada. And he moved to Canada and he started at the bottom in Canada taking the worst of minimum wage jobs. And he started to find more success and he created his future. He started a company. He became a successful business owner with multiple employees and a business that was thriving. And he went from going, well, my future is not worth protecting to I'm going to create my future. But the thing about him was he was actually a follower of Jesus. And so when he started creating his future and going, this is working, he didn't just go, I'm just going to keep putting all my time and my energy and my money back into my business 
to create a better future for me and say when I want to be a part of the future that God wants to create for humanity. And the opportunity that he had was to go back to the city that he was born in, to a neighborhood similar to the neighborhood he grew up in. And he started an organization that serves the kids and the family there. These kids that are born with no future other than growing up in poverty, most likely ending up in a gang or in prostitution, and saying, God has a better future for you. Not just a future when it comes to money and careers, but a future when it comes to a relationship with your family and how you can raise your kids, what you can do about the relationships you already have. And that organization has brought so much healing to that community and so much hope to that community. Hundreds of kids and their families are being affected by that. There's over 20 kids that grew up in that organization that are now graduates of university and they're starting to become leaders in the city. And they're starting to change the city to be the future that God created because they're followers of Jesus and they're bringing Jesus' heart to the leadership of their city. And it's spreading. I just think that's an amazing story of going, I'm not just going to focus on protecting my future. I'm not just going to focus on even creating my future. I'm going to join Jesus in the future that he's creating and create our future. I want to encourage you if As you're listening to this, you're going, I've never really been a follower of Jesus in the way that Levi chose to be. I've never been a follower of Jesus that was doing more than just following the rules. I've never been a follower of Jesus that said, I want to know God and show mercy and show love through what he does inside of me. And through what he does inside of me, become someone that can actually create the future that he's creating. If you're in that place and you're going, I want that, but I've never been there. Please talk to myself or somebody wearing a lanyard after the service, and we can talk to you about what it looks like to take the steps of that commitment and making that change in your life. But right now, I'm going to change things up a little bit because we often close our service with a song. Sometimes we close our service with like a blessing. But this morning, we're going to close our service with a conversation because we say we're a church community. We say we're a church family. And if you're in a functional family, you talk to each other, not just about the weather, but about things that matter. So you know what's coming probably now. I'm going to ask you to find three to five people around you. Make a group of three to five people. You can detach your chairs, make a little circle, and we're going to have some discussion questions come up on the screen. And just spend a few minutes talking about these. And wherever you are, if you're a follower of Jesus, share from your perspective. If you're like, I'm here and I don't even believe any of this, say that. We want this to be a place where you learn about Jesus and you can consider, is this something you actually believe or is this something that you just are like, no, you guys are crazy. But have an honest conversation. I'm going to give you about five, ten minutes. There's going to be some music playing in the background and then I'll come up and close this up. So find three to five people, make a circle, talk about these questions for five to ten minutes and then I'll come up to close. Let's do it. All right. I hope you guys had some great conversations. Looks like there's a great conversation in the booth. So, oh, yep, the booth was having a great conversation too. So now I have audio. Um, Yeah, I think it really matters that we do church like this, that we really want to be a church family, a church community over a show on Sunday morning. It's uncomfortable and it's different, but spending time talking to each other, letting God work in us and through us together, it's going to change our hearts. And this morning, like oftentimes I 
whenever I write a message, I normally am like, okay, what's the step you take? How do you physically live your life differently next week? But this morning was about what's going on inside of your heart. Where is your heart oriented? And I'm hoping that it's an invitation to let your heart align with God's heart and God work in that. And if there's a practical step to take this week, it's going, how do I talk to somebody? How do I make sure that I surround myself with people who are going to support me and challenge me to keep my heart aligned with God's heart? That I don't get fall back into protecting my future or trying to create it on my own, but that I'd be focused on creating the future that God's creating with him. So I challenge you to create that around yourself. Um, We've been talking about community groups for a long time. If you happen to want to join a community group where we have conversations like this every week or two, um, and a more comfortable environment, not in these chairs, uh, there is sign up on our website, or you can just reach out directly to me, and I can get you tied in with that. That being said, I'd love to just pray for you, and then we'll dismiss. We've got some iced coffee and stuff in the back so we can continue our conversations and encourage each other. God, thank you so much that you're a God that keeps working. You're a God that has incredible patience for us. You don't look at the path that we've chosen and say, well, it's too late for you now. You look at somebody on a path like Levi had chosen and you say, I want you to be a part of this. That each of us, whether we've been following you and, and then we've gotten distracted, we've gotten off track and you're calling us back, or whether we've never been a follower of you and we don't even know if you want us or maybe we are following you, wherever we're at with you, that you want to be with us, that you are working on creating a future where you live in perfect relationship with us, that you become that friend that we go on morning walks with and we talk about life with. And you want that with every single human on earth and that you are just inviting us to that. Every single day you are inviting us to that and just saying, if, it's your choice. I want to be as close to you as a friend, as a brother, if you'll just let me. We're so thankful for that. We're so thankful that you keep doing the work of that. I pray for our church community. I pray for each one of us here this morning that we would see the next step to being closer to you, the next step to walking and doing life with you and creating the world that you intended with you. In your name, amen. All right, have a great Sunday. Get some coffee and have some great conversations.